Greetings and blessings, and welcome to the 16th episode of 5050, a look back 50 years ago and a countdown to my 50th birthday celebration. I'm your host, Jason, podcasting from my new secret bunker in Denver, Colorado. Thanks for joining me. In the next couple of episodes, I want to take a look at two music genres that were starting to take off in the early 70s. By now, the whole world knows Bob Marley, but he wasn't always the iconic music legend that he is today. The 1970s was a time when reggae music was evolving, and Bob Marley, along with Peter Tosh and Bunny Whaler, were instrumental in taking the new sound to a world stage. For this week's episode, I'll read from two articles, one from the Smithsonian Center for Folklife and Cultural Heritage, and another from English Heritage. I'll link to both in the show notes. Some have argued that it is the spirit of African resistance found in reggae that constitutes its wider appeal. Sonja Stanley, director of the Caribbean and Reggae Studies Unit at the University of the West Indies, recently put it thusly, Reggae has gone to all parts of the world, inspiring people because of the very soul of the music, and that soul has to do with an entire history of hardship, of oppression, of rebellion, of enslavement. Roots Reggae, bearing the unmistakable vibration of Rastafari, was not simply a music. It delivered a philosophy that underscored the importance of personal agency in reclaiming one's history and culture. A number of Marley's classics, including Natty Dread, Ride Natty Ride, and The Call in Zimbabwe, that every man has a right to decide his own destiny, emphasize that theme. These kinds of songs have inspired more than two generations of not only Jamaicans, but black people in the Atlantic world to think of themselves as Africans, who consciously stand up for their rights and their culture. Roots Reggae not only served as the virtual soundtrack of Michael Manley's democratic socialism during the 1970s, reflecting support for liberation movements on the African continent and the anti-imperialist stance of his administration, it became the most popular music in the Third World. Bob Marley fled to London in 1976 after an attempt on his life in his home country of Jamaica. While in London, he and his band The Whalers recorded Exodus. The album featured some of their biggest hits, including Jamming, Waiting in Vain, Three Little Birds, and One Love. It was during the band's residence at the four-story terraced house at 42 Oakley Street that the later stages of the recording and production of that album were carried out. Marley told the music journalist Vivian Goldman, while living at Oakley Street, that he regarded London as a second base. As a refugee from Jamaican violence, he particularly appreciated the fact that the police did not carry guns. He went out socially, meeting the London band The Clash, and later referred to the burgeoning London punk scene in the song Punky Reggae Party. Next week, I'll be looking into the origins of Afrobeat and one of its most well-known figures. As I record this episode, there are 104 days, 6 hours, and 24 minutes until my 50th birthday. I hope you'll help me celebrate. See you next week. <laughs>